sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. A new week begins right here, right now on the morning app. Live on this Monday on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Monday morning on TMA. I hope you had a lovely and profitable weekend, a weekend chock full of football. The first full week, week number one of the NFL preseason. A full-blown recap of the biggest storylines of the news you need to know from the start of the preseason in the National Football League, just under a month away from the start of a new season there. Only one Saturday remaining until the start of a new college football campaign, and the preseason AP Top 25 poll comes out in just a few hours as well. We'll get you set for that. The ending of a regular season in the WNBA. The playoff picture is now set. We'll look at that to begin our number two, but we start going around the bigs in Major League Baseball. And sometimes in MLB, even throughout the course of a 162-game schedule, life can come at you fast. And that was the case for the San Diego Padres over the weekend. Under two weeks ago, following the MLB trade deadline, after acquiring Juan Soto from the Washington Nationals in the Soto sweepstakes to bring him to San Diego, it felt like there was only hope and optimism for the Padres. The three-headed monster of Soto, Machado, and soon, Fernando Tatis Jr., who was set to make his Major League debut in just a couple of weeks, has already began his rehab down in Double A in that Padres farm system. Well, at least Fernando Tatis Jr. will not be there for the foreseeable future for San Diego, violating Major League Baseball's PED, Performance Enhancing Drug Policy, after testing positive for a banned substance. That in a statement, Fernando Tatis Jr. said he was using to treat ringworm but he understands the consequences to his actions and he will not appeal so fernando tatis jr has now been suspended 80 games by major league baseball and after that trade deadline when i mentioned all the optimism for san diego they get Juan soto in the soto sweepstakes their odds to win the national league pennant go from plus 850 to plus 490 only trailing the dodgers and the mets their odds to win a world series slashed in half from a 20 to 1 number to plus 1,000, 10 to 1. The Padres were in contention. That has all worked against San Diego, despite winning the weekend series on the road in the nation's capital in Juan Soto's homecoming of sorts in his return to D.C. The Padres shutting out the Nats yesterday in the weekend finale, a 6-0 victory over Washington. And Juan Soto in his return to the nation's capital. Very productive this weekend. 4 of 12 at the dish. Recorded at least one hit in all three games. A double, two RBIs, and four walks in total. And the Padres, in fact, have now won four of their last five games to hold a half-game advantage over the Philadelphia Phillies for that second wild-card spot in the National League. However, you will see that the futures market is not nearly as optimistic and positive for the Padres as it was just 
about a week and a half ago. Here's where San Diego stands. 13 games above 500, but now 11 to 1 to win the National League pennant. Again, a reminder, that's over $6 of movement against San Diego. Plus 490 was the price immediately following that one Soto acquisition. And now 18 to 1 to win the World Series, a lot closer to that 20 to 1 price the Padres had before getting Juan Soto. That was all the way as short as 10 to 1 following the Soto sweepstakes. Hey, welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of the morning after on the opening day of a new week, live right here on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159, all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. I am Ben Stevens. Major League Baseball can be a long, cruel game at times, especially throughout the course of the daily grind of 162. Fernando Tatis Jr. testing positive for a banned substance, violating Major League Baseball's PED policy. He has been suspended now 80 games by the major leagues. Now, the San Diego Padres, although they win four of their last five games, still trail the Dodgers by 16 games in the National League West. The Padres do have a half-game advantage over the Phillies for that second of three wild-card spots in the NL, and that has been their focus pretty much for the last two, two-and-a-half weeks because that 16-game deficit, even if the Dodgers had their 12-game win streak snap yesterday on the road in Kansas City, is not growing any shorter. L.A., that 12-game win streak finally comes to an end yesterday, getting shut out by the Royals for nothing. And... Throughout that 12-game winning streak, the Dodgers had covered on the run line in all 12 wins. The best run differential by a large margin in Major League Baseball. And the Dodgers now 19-4 and straight up since the All-Star break. So the Dodgers, 79-34 and straight up. The best record in Major League Baseball. The Astros have the second best record just barely in all the bigs. The Mets have the second best record in the National League. But the Dodgers hold a five-game lead, or so to say, over the Mets for that top spot in the National League postseason picture because playoff positioning is front and center here as we get through the middle portion of August. Just about 40, 45 games left throughout this MLB regular season. The Mets, 75 and 40. And as you look at the National League pennant odds, only 45 cents separate these two teams right now at the top of this odds board. The Dodgers are the favorites to win that NL pennant at plus 155. The Mets, the second best price at two to one. Both prices for LA and New York getting better over the weekend. And there's a four and a half dollar difference between the Mets who have the second best price and their divisional foes in the Atlanta Braves at plus 650. A big series between those two gets started in Atlanta today. Plenty more around Major League Baseball with Donnie Wrightside up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Diamond Dash going all around Major League Baseball and what happened this weekend. Just under 45 games left in this Major League Baseball regular season. About a month and a half remaining where the postseason is on everybody's mind and October baseball is not all that far away. Joining us now here on the morning after, live on this Monday on SportsGrid, it is our guy, DRS, Donnie Wright-Side, one of the co-hosts 
of the early line each and every weekday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern time, leading into us here on TMA. And then, of course, the lead host in that chair front and center for the money line each and every weekday from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Sports Grid Radio Network. DRS, thank you for joining us here. Hope you had a nice weekend. I had a great weekend here. Happy to be on a Monday. And also, recapping NFL football, never a bad time on a Monday, Ben. Never. We will get to some preseason action hey. from week number one. The biggest storylines we need to get to in our next segment together. But first, we go around the bigs, DRS. Your Philadelphia Phillies on the road this weekend up in Queens against the New York Mets. A big series yet again for the Mets over the weekend against a divisional opponent. And New York remains unblemished. They have not lost a series this year against a divisional foe. Winning the finale yesterday against the Philadelphia Phillies and Donnie maintaining a five and a half game advantage in that National League East from a standings perspective over the Braves and the Mets booked as a minus 1100 favorite to win that division. Yeah, scary. And it's not even so much, Ben, we're looking at the regular season, which the Mets have been phenomenal for the most part of it. Had that little slip up there where it looks like the Braves might have been able to catch them, but that's no longer going to be the case right now. It's the playoff Mets that everybody's going to be worried about. It's lining up Max Scherzer, Jacob DeGrom, 1-2, and actually having a really good number three behind them. So if you figure those two pitchers can go at least two games in the series, that's going to be an incredible advantage for those New York Mets, and rightfully so with the Phillies, who came in a little bit injured here, though Bryce Harper and obviously yep. with Kyle Schwarber being down it didn't matter at all if you're going to score like two runs the entire series you're not going to beat very many baseball teams but that's what the Mets can do to you this is playoff baseball they're built for this they certainly are and right now it's not just DeGrom and Scherzer by the way Jacob DeGrom shutout effort on Saturday night against the Philadelphia Phillies Cookie Carrasco and Chris Bassett all four of those arms in the starting staff for the Mets have an under two ERA since the start of the month of July. Again, that's a big reason New York has maintained a five and a half game lead in the National League East. The Mets this year, DRS, 39 and 15 against the NL East, against their own division. And they have that five and a half game lead over the Braves, despite the fact Atlanta has won six straight, two consecutive sweeps over the Red Sox, and then a four game set against the Marlins this weekend. And what happens today? A reunion between the Mets and the Braves in Atlanta. The Braves came to City Field last weekend. They lost four of five in New York. Now they host the Mets, trying to carve in to that five-and-a-half game lead. A four-game set this week, DRS. The Braves right now booked as the favorites today at home in the opener. Spencer Strider on one side for Atlanta. Cookie Carrasco on the other for the Mets. Yeah, I do believe that they should be booked as the favorite today, talking about the Atlanta Braves, because I do think that power arm for Strider matches up very well, but also, this feels like playoff baseball today. We just talked about the Mets yep. and how they line up 1-2 with Scherzer and DeGrom. Come there. Look, you're gonna, <laughs> there's no bad options. It seems like everybody you're putting up there on the mound for the Mets has been doing damage, particularly over the last 30 to 60 days. Today, looking at this baseball game, not sure who the winner is actually going to be, because it's hard to bet against the Mets at a plus price, right. but I do think the game does stay under the total here. I will say one thing, that total at eight. Spencer Strider pitched against the Mets last weekend at City Field. Yeah. After the game, he had some interesting comments saying how the Mets pretty much have gotten lucky, and that's why they had success against the Braves in that five-game set. I am sure there will be some discussion of the sort in the Mets clubhouse on the road in Atlanta today. Right now, the Braves, a minus-146 favorite live 
on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Spencer Strider against Cookie Carrasco. Plenty more on that game later on in hour number two. But Donnie, as we recap the weekend, it was also a big series between divisional foes and the National League Central over the weekend. For that top spot in St. Louis between the Brewers and the Redbirds. And the Cardinals win the series, taking two of three, including the finale yesterday, opening it up in the home half of the eighth inning. Albert Pujols, at the tender age of 42 years old, two long balls yesterday, including a three-run dinger yesterday in the bottom half of the eighth. The Cardinals win 6-3, to three, Donnie, and they now have a one-and-a-half game lead in the NL Central. Yeah, it feels like been an insurmountable one-and-a-half game lead now because what do you like for the Brewers? Well, outside of their starting pitching now, things are leaking a little bit of oil there at the plate and also in the back end of that bullpen, no longer with Hader, which means Williams now, instead of that elite eighth-inning setup guy, turns into your closer, which means you have to shuffle the sixth inning, the seventh inning, and the eighth inning now below him. And yesterday's a microcosm, six to three. The Cardinals are better, Ben. They're deeper overall, one through nine in that starting lineup than the Baltimore, than, excuse me, than the uh, Brewers are. But also, front end pitching, it's not that bad for the Cardinals. And quite frankly, you could say now the bullpens at least are equal when you have that decided advantage for the Brewers. The Cardinals are going to win this division, even though it's only one and a half, and you can come back if you are the Brewers. I don't see it happening. Give me the Cardinals. And in the head to head matchup, DRS, only four more games between these two sides, the rest yeah. of this Major League Baseball season, two two game sets. That's it. So St. Louis right now, a one and a half game lead, minus 240 in the divisional odds, but something peculiar slightly, Donnie. The Brewers actually better than the Cardinals in the National League pennant odds board, a $1 advantage, 14 to 1 for Milwaukee, 15 to 1 for St. Louis. But as the odds would indicate, there's a little bit of a misconception there because, again, the Cardinals are minus 240 to win the National League Central. And right now, Milwaukee is a game and a half behind the Phillies for that third and final NL wildcard spot. So the National League Central, a one and a half game difference between the Cardinals and the Brewers for that top spot, which the Redbirds currently hold. In the American League Central, Donnie, the Cleveland Guardians in the minus money, minus 105 for Cleveland right now as the divisional favorites in the AL Central. Cleveland has won seven of their last eight games and a two and a half game lead over both the White Sox and the Twins. Donnie, what do you make of the AL Central, as we just discussed, the NL Central right before? Yeah, when's the time that we start to turn the lights out here on the White Sox? Now, it's not as if the White Sox are playing bad baseball at this time, Ben. Six and four in the last ten games. They're actually won three yep. straight games, but still sit two and a half games back of the Central, along with those Minnesota Twins. If we're looking from a talent perspective, and we list just those top three teams, Ben, Guardians, Twins, and White Sox, the Twins and the White Sox are more talented than the Guardians are, but the Guardians just got it going on right now. It's a nice lefty-righty yep. split through that one through nine they can offer each and every day. They're scoring runs here. They're plus their differential now at a plus 25, the best in that divisional race. Who's to say they can't win it? I'm tired of talking about the White Sox, the most talented team in this division. I don't think they get it done. But boy, can you press that lever on the Guardians this early? Maybe you can. One of the youngest rosters in all of the bigs. Maybe yeah. they don't know, Donnie. They're not supposed to be here yeah. at this moment. And that helps in this home stretch of the Major League Baseball regular season. So that is what we will follow in the American League Central. Yesterday in Tampa, Drew Rasmussen, the starter for the Tampa Bay Rays, a perfect game, DRS, entering that ninth and final inning in the first pitch of the top of the ninth 
ruins that perfect game. Nearly perfect for Rasmussen, but the Tampa Bay Rays still get the victory to hold that one-and-a-half game lead over the O's, Donnie, for that third and final American League wildcard spot. It's the Blue Jays in the top spot, the Mariners only a half game behind Toronto, and the Rays only a half game behind Seattle. And here's how it looks from the American League pennant perspective in those wildcard standings at the moment. The Blue Jays have the best odds of these five teams, plus 800. The Mariners, the fourth best price in the AL, 15 to 1. The Rays, 22 to 1. Baltimore moves up the board, DRS, at 65 to 1. And the Twins and the White Sox, two games back of that American League wildcard race at the moment. So that's the odds perspective in the American League. DRS, no playoff odds, so we have to use the pennant odds at the moment. Donnie stays right here with us to recap the full week number one slate of the preseason in the National Football League. Some of the biggest storylines from the weekend that was injuries to young quarterbacks and some rookie QBs looking pretty good as well. Stick with us here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's starting to feel like football outside. 16 games of the NFL preseason week number one over the past four days. Two on Thursday, five on Friday night, eight all day Saturday in DRS, even one game yesterday on a football Sunday across the National Football League. We will now look at the biggest storylines from the week that was week number one of this NFL preseason. Donnie, only just under a month away from the start of the regular season in the National Football League. I mentioned it, DRS, five games on Friday evening in a very scary moment early on in the Jets preseason opener second possession of the game for New York their second year quarterback and Zach Wilson scrambles out a non-contact injury he goes down to the turf gets up and looks rather hobbled he has a torn meniscus he will fly out to LA to have surgery on that knee DRS tomorrow in that surgery they will determine necessarily what the exact right procedure is it gives him a timetable a return right now estimated drs anywhere from two to six weeks probably hovering somewhere in that middle ground around four weeks for zach wilson to return potentially for week number one of this nfl regular season when the jets open up against the baltimore ravens but a scary sight on friday night with some slight optimism maybe that zach wilson will not be sidelined for all that long for the jets yeah, and a disaster avoided here. It was quite frankly some because you're right. The non-contact ones are always the worst when it seems like. And how about this for the chime change? Some good news coming out. If there's any good news between being down yeah. two to six weeks for a young franchise guy, because the one thing the New York Jets can't afford to to lose is their starting quarterback. Not for a winning season, Ben, but just making sure that this guy is your franchise guy. Seventeen weeks to evaluate him and say, okay. Looks like this guy we can move forward into the future with. Or if not, do we have to start looking down the line? That would have been ridiculous right. to have a Joe Flacco season or whoever you traded for. Really a lost season for that Jets franchise. But granted, as well as it goes in the surgery tomorrow, if we're only looking at, let's just say, one month from today, the Jets will take that all day long. 
Zach Wilson, three of five in his preseason short-lived action. 23 yards did throw an interception on the opening drive of the game for the New York Jets. And DRS, we have seen some movement from that odds perspective based on that Zach Wilson injury. The Jets' win total remains for 2022 at five and a half, but the over had plenty more juice prior to that preseason debut for Gang Green. It was minus 160 to the over, now minus 135. In that week number one regular season contest against the Baltimore Ravens, the Jets were a six and a half point dog. Now that it has grown to a full touchdown, seven points against the Ravens. DRS, you saw the alternate win totals for the Jets this upcoming year with some of that uncertainty around Zach Wilson. We'll have a little bit more confirmation later this week following the surgery in LA tomorrow. But if you want to fade the Jets because you're worried about Zach Wilson and his health entering his second year in the NFL to go under four and a half, plenty of plus money, or maybe this brings the Jets together. There was optimism this offseason that with Zach Wilson entering that second year, this could be a rather good campaign in 2022 to go over six and a half with some plus money. Donnie, which side do you lean in terms of looking at the Jets' win total for 2022? Yeah, I'm not that down on it because if we're going to get Zach Wilson back, let's just say he just misses two games this year. Was he that imperative? Like, did you think they were going to win game one anyway against the Baltimore Ravens? And also, when you're trying to take a look at what really matters, if Aaron Rodgers goes down, Ben, for the Green Bay Packers, and let's just say the line is the yep. Packers at minus 10, it might go down to a pick em because he's that big of an ingredient in the yep. success for the Green Bay Packers. But as you saw, who were the Baltimore Ravens favored by? Six and a half or so just a short week ago. He gets hurt. Now we're only seeing seven, so a half of a point move. I'm not that down on the Jets. As long as you get back, Zach, in the month of September, they can get to those six wins. So, again, we're not looking at Super Bowl playoffs are even that high but come on six wins in a 17 game season they should be able to get that right. done talent is there for the jets they just have to play the jets have only gone over that win total of five and a half once in the last mm. six years and when they did go over it was just seven wins that is the expectation for the new york jets entering this year based solely on the odds right now i mentioned it, drs one nfl game yesterday on a Sunday, it was starting to feel a little bit like football. The Raiders in their preseason home opener in that game hosting the Minnesota Vikings. And the Raiders improve to a perfect 2-0 straight up and against the number this preseason. Of course, Vegas victorious in the Hall of Fame game over a week and a half ago now. So 2-0 straight up, 2-0 ATS in the debut year for Josh McDaniels at the helm of Vegas. The Raiders covering yesterday DRS as a 4.5 point favorite with the 26 to 20 wins so both games for vegas going over that total as well some profitability perhaps on the raiders entering 2022 yes and usually when you take a look at that preseason bump when you already have that dress rehearsal under your belt when another team doesn't usually look towards that team now 26 20 that worked out in their favor didn't work out in jacksonville's favor going up against the cleveland browns but good to see offense here as well i like the and also how about nick mullins yeah i deserve to be a pro player here seven of nine 94 yards and one touchdown no interceptions turn him on in the regular season maybe a little bit of a different stance but it's always nice to see if you're betting on a team to have an NFL quarterback that has started and started multiple games in the NFL, sometimes you get that advantage. Good move by Mullins there, 7 of 9. Donnie, we've talked about it often. The Raiders seem yep. to be slightly overlooked, maybe undervalued in the futures market getting ready for this 2022 regular season. And when you compare them to the Minnesota Vikings, maybe it's simply because of the division the Raiders play in or the conference in the AFC that the Raiders play in as well. Because 
relatively similar odds. The Raiders win total is eight and a half. The over has the slight bit of juice at minus 115. The Vikings win total was eight and a half. Now up to nine in a hook. The under has the juice at minus 125. But the difference here, Donnie, where we contrast these two clubs is those make playoff odds. The Raiders, a playoff team a season ago, plus 170, the fifth longest price in the AFC. The Vikings, minus 110 to make the postseason. That's actually the seventh best number in the NFC, which if you did it just based on the odds, that would get them into the playoffs because now we have seven teams, the four divisional winners, and of course, the three wildcard spots in the postseason. Donnie, how do you compare Minnesota and Las Vegas and their outlook for this upcoming year in the NFL? It's almost not even fair for the Raiders here, Ben. The reason why I say it is I like the Raiders. I think they have a pretty good ball club here. You know, you got weapons on the outside now with the addition of Devontae Adams coming over from the Green Bay Packers. You have one of the elite tight ends, young tight ends in the NFL, in Darren Waller. And Derek Carr has been a, a good quarterback yep. over his run. So you think of that maturation process starts to continue, even though he is a veteran, because you get Josh McDaniels over from New England. All the pieces are in place. And they said, now hold on here. What do I have to go through in this regular season just to get to the playoffs or win nine games? Yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, the Chargers and Justin Herbert, the Broncos with Russell Wilson. And then also, you take a look at the Raiders with Derek Carr. Is this not one of the better quarterback divisions that we've seen in a long time in the NFL? So even as we yeah. look at saying, like, maybe the prognosis for this season is a little bit higher than the Vikings. It's not because the Vikings are a better team than the Raiders. It's just that division is just ridiculous for the Raiders. If they come up eight and nine this year, you can almost shake your head and go, man, they were an upper echelon of teams, but look who they played yeah. on a week-to-week -week basis. Feel a little bit bad for the Raiders. They're getting a little bit of bad luck here on that. The Raiders have the third toughest schedule in the National Football yeah. League based on Warren Sharp's team win total projections as well. The Vikings, the second best odds in the NFC North, plus 240. The Green Bay Packers remain the heavy odds on favorites at minus 155, but some slight movement in favor of the Vikes. The Packers have won this division in the NFC North three straight years in eight of the last 11. All right, let's continue going around week number one of the preseason in the NFL and DRS on Saturday, a big focus on the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Seattle Seahawks. Why? The rookie debut of the only quarterback selected in that first round of the 2022 NFL draft, Kenny Pickett. And he looked pretty darn good. The Steelers get a win, 32-25. That total flying over between Seattle and Pittsburgh in their opening game of this NFL preseason. And Donnie, as we look at the rookie quarterback and Kenny Pickett, 13 of 15, 95 yards, two touchdowns, played pretty much the entirety of that second half. And a rookie wide receiver, who has earned a lot of notoriety so far for the Pittsburgh Steelers, out of Georgia, George Pickens. Three grabs, 43 yards, and a dazzling touchdown with a toe tap in the back right pylon of the end zone on that or, or early on in the first quarter of the game for the Steelers. So a good debut, Donnie, for both prize rookies for Pittsburgh this season. Yeah, go figure. The Steelers found another quality wide receiver. It's something that they certainly know how to do. But if you're looking from quarterback races, been on both sides between Pittsburgh and Seattle, I think the coach at Sass were fairly happy here. You got Mitchell Trubisky in and out with a touchdown here. Mason Rudolph in and out with a touchdown. Late in that game, Kenny Pickett, two touchdown passes, including the late game stealer here, but also looking from a Seattle perspective. Drew Locke, 11 for 15. Geno Smith, 10 for 15. Quarterbacks on both sides, a passer rating of 111 combined between Locke and Smith. Wow. And then for the Steelers, a 125 
Good quarterback game. And if you were to bet one game in the preseason, week one, where you said, I think this game can go over, it was probably the Steelers and Seahawks, knowing that you had quarterbacks vying for starting jobs, and it turned into, what, 57 points in that game. Good offensive outburst. Tony, by my math, I think we had 12 overs of the 16 total games in the NFL week one of this preseason. At least 11 games where 42 or more points were scored combined. From that offensive rookie of the year perspective, Kenny Pickett remains the favorite, but the market has worked against him. He is still the favorite, but plus 900. Just over a month ago, Kenny Pickett was as low as plus 550, and the market has worked in favor of George Pickens, however, now 10 to 1, tied for the second best price alongside five others, four wide receivers, and one running back. DRS, always a pleasure. Major League Baseball, the NFL, nobody better on a Monday than you, my friend. Fantastic. Love hanging out with you, Ben. Thanks again. We will have the odds maker perspective up next here on the morning after in this busy time in sports. Stay with us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reunited, and it feels so good. Here on a Monday, live on the morning after on Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens, and our sportsbook conciliary, the Consig, is back on TMA after what has felt like way too long of a time. You know how committed Dave Sherapan is to bleeding the winning edge here on the grid? It's not even 7 a.m. where he no. is live out in Las no. Vegas, but as you can see behind him, it is always nighttime in Pittsburgh. Sherapan, welcome back to the morning after. It is great to have you here. Good to see you too, Benjamin. Um, yeah, you know, school started out here in Vegas, so uh, the routine has been a little messed up, but we always got time to come on, uh, you know, the morning after. We talk about football, baseball, Big Ten, anything, maybe even a little weekend golf. And I'm not talking about uh, the FedEx, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. My weekend golf trip, I did not finish in last. A final round net 75 for me and my partner to stay out of last. We didn't have to drive home after Saturday's round. That was our prize. However, did you Sheriff win the Pan, Bud Lights? Will... Did you win the Bud Lights oh. is all I want to know. Everybody wins with Bud Lights. I was having plenty out on the golf course. And Saturday, Sherapan, in honor of college football starting in just under two weeks out in Dublin between Nebraska and Northwestern, we switched it over to a Guinness at the Lynx at Union Vale, a golf course up in the Hudson Valley area. All right, enough about me and my exploits. Like I said, Sherapan, it is always nighttime in Pittsburgh as it was over the weekend for the Steelers' preseason opener against the Seattle Seahawks. And the focus was on a couple of rookies. Kenny Pickett getting all of the second half for the Steelers, 13 of 15, 95 yards, I believe it was, and throwing two touchdown passes. Yes, in fact, 95 yards. George Pickens, three grabs, 43 yards. A dazzling touchdown grab in that first quarter for the Steelers as well. Sherpan, that is your team. A new era at the quarterback position for the Pittsburgh Steelers for the first time in nearly two decades. What did you like out of what you saw over this weekend? Uh, Well, considering that I only watched the highlights because... 
I don't watch the preseason, Benjamin. I okay. do not watch it. Never did. Didn't want to get um, anything. Numbers are already set for the regular season, and the preseason yeah. can only cloud it. And I think it clouds people's judgments. Um, I got texts, DMs from people that I hadn't heard from in weeks, months, even years. It said George Pickens is going to win the rookie of the year. And the market reflected that. It, was that. A week ago, he was 70 to 1, 60 to 1. You wake up today, he's 10 to 1. He caught three passes for a touchdown. Okay, he's the talk of the camp. He's now 10 to 1, which would make yep. him the second choice in this crazy market. So, um, and as far as Pickett, listen, let's hope it was a good draft pick. We won't know. I still think Trubisky's going to start the season, but now it only adds fuel to the fire for is he going to start? Um, when is he going to start? It's not a matter of if, it's when, it feels like. Right. But um got to be excited. It feels like a good morning in Pittsburgh, despite being nighttime in Pittsburgh behind me. Trubisky got the start, then Mason Rudolph, and then Kenny Pickett got all of the second half. I'm glad you brought up the market movement in favor of George Pickens in the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. He is 10-1. to 1 tied for the second best price even two dollars shaved off that price share pan from the time i looked late last night getting the show yeah. ready on a sunday <laughs> to where it stands now on this monday morning he's tied alongside five other guys four wide receivers one running back everybody a dollar behind kenny pickett who is the favorite at plus 900 from that risk room perspective the former odds maker in you what is the attention like at this point in the National Football League handle from individual awards in the futures market versus looking at team futures for a new 2022 NFL campaign? Oh, it's fun as far as like right now is when you actually start taking bets on this stuff. You know, you put it up mm. uh, right after the draft and it kind of sits yep. like that stuff on the shelf, you know, at the, at the grocery store. Everybody passes it by and everybody passes it by and then, you know, you're coming up on, Labor Day and there's going to be cookouts and then you can move all the stuff that's kind of, you know, for, for, for Labor Day cookouts. That's when this yep. stuff moves. So, um, again, I think it's a bit uh, premature. I think it's a bit crazy that Kenny Pickett is not even going to start the season most likely as the quarterback. And he is the odds-on favorite. Now, you'll see a lot of fluctuation in those other ones. I mean, there's, what is that, six guys, one, two, three, four, Five, six, yep. good job, boys, uh, on the graphic. Six guys at 10 to 1. And then, you know, it's 14 to 1. And then it's 16 to 1, there's a little bit of a group. So um, volatility will uh, reign a little bit the next yep. week, two weeks, as things get set. And then, man, if George Pickens is a starting wide receiver and catching balls from whoever's throwing it, things are going to be crazy, not just in Pittsburgh, but in this market overall. He might also be on a ton of highlights for what he can do blocking out on the edge. He loves to yeah. really mess up guys out there. He did mm. it in the college football playoff against Michigan. He had a moment on Saturday night against the Seahawks 
as well. So I would also keep an eye on one other guy in the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year market, Desmond Ritter, the rookie quarterback for the Falcons, 10 of 23 Mm. in his preseason debut, or 10 of 22 rather, 103 yards, two touchdown passes, including that game-winning TD with just a minute and a half left. He is 25 to 1, some value down the board. But Sherpan, you mentioned you weren't watching maybe a lot of NFL preseason, a busy time getting the kids back in school, but we had eight games on Saturday eight games including the Panthers and the Commanders the debut for a couple of new quarterbacks in new places Carson Wentz gets three possessions for Washington Baker Mayfield gets the start just one drive for the Panthers it was Sam Darnold with two possessions throwing a touchdown pass so 16 total games throughout NFL week number one we saw scoring a plenty with 11 of the 16 finishing in the 40s in terms of that combined scoring output. What's the handle like, Sherpan, from your experience for preseason NFL football? Um, It's a lot of – it's it's what I would like to deem a uh, parallelogram or rhombus market, which means, you know, it's it's for the sharp, mostly, people, you know, Mm -hmm. moving money and and doing stuff – Casual fan doesn't bet this stuff. I don't think so in my experience, yeah. but I've been told, you know, from other people in other markets, yes, some people do bet it. It's great. Um, overs went 13 and three. 13 yeah. and three. All right. And I wore this shirt in honor of all the people that got it right. You can't read it because it's too far away for you, but it's a Muhammad right. Ali model. I am the greatest. All right. Yeah. There's a lot of people breaking their arms today, patting themselves on the back, Benjamin, for getting all the games right. All right. The books got crushed for whatever crushed is for this weekend in yeah. NFL football. Happens. It's kind of yeah. like I said this to people in the past for years. August is like an interest-free loan for a lot of people. You give them, you, you give them the numbers are bad. I mean, it's hard to make the numbers. When you don't know who's yep. going to play, what the rotation is going to be, and what's going to happen with guys that aren't playing regularly. These guys are playing for jobs. They're not playing yeah. win or lose. I mean, they're trying. The coaches are trying to set a tone and all that other stuff. But pump the brakes. Let the people get the money. This is good. Yep. The Dodgers finally lost the run line bet that was 12 in a row. You know, things are good right now. Things are good. Right. You know, push the chips in. Let's go. Listen, the books always readjust and reevaluate because right now for preseason week number two, the lowest total is 35 and a half. That was one of the highest for the opening week. And most of them are around 38 and a hook and 39 and a half. So over betters beware for week number two of the NFL preseason. All right, let's shift it to Major League Baseball. Big news, Sherapan, over the weekend in San Diego. Fernando Tatis Jr. suspended now for 80 games for testing positive for a banned substance and violating Major League Baseball's performance-enhancing drug policy. It moves fast in MLB despite 162 games because Sherapan following the Juan Soto sweepstakes and Juan Soto joining Tatis Jr., who had not played yet this year and will not play this season, and Manny Machado, the Padres went from 20-1 to to win the World Series, cut that price exactly in half, 
10 to 1. They had the fourth best number, or the fifth best number, rather, up on the board. And now we've seen the market work back against them. 18 to 1 in the World Series, 11 to 1 in the National League. What have you made, Dave, from your expertise perspective, being a former odds maker yourself, of this market movement we have seen work against San Diego? Well, I mean, they went to Dodger Stadium and got swept and didn't look yep. good doing so. And then they go on the road. And Tatis gets uh, clipped for, for this violation. The market, I mean, it reacted to the trade news with Soto. And it overreacted, maybe. Because I keep looking at it like the pitching is still not fixed. As good as Soto is, he can't pitch. So thought it was a little bit of an overadjustment. This is probably the price settling where it should be, you know, with what's going on in the National League. When you're right there in New York, these New York Mets are so impressive to me, and they put Scherzer and DeGrom 1-2 and then throw Bassett like he did yesterday. Um, the Padres aren't beating the Mets, okay? So at 18-1 to 1 to win the World Series, it's a fair price, um, but they were going to get the push from Tatis late, and now they're not going to get that. So you yeah. see where they're at in the market. I mean, 11 to 1 is the first double digit price. I'd look at the Cardinals and the Phillies at those prices behind the Padres as a sneaky one to get some quote unquote value, which we're all searching yep. for. Correct. Always searching for value because right now the distinction between the Dodgers and Mets. Not all that great. 45 <laughs> cents only. The Dodgers plus 155. The Amazons at plus 200. Dave Sherapan today. The AP preseason top 25 poll is released for the 2022 oh. season in college oh. football. Let's talk Big Ten Championship. Ohio Please. State, the Buckeyes, minus 200. A substantial odds-on wow. favored number before the year has wow. even begun. In fact, it is the best odds of any team to win any conference in the odds available group or power five right now for CFB. Can your Nittany Lions at 14 to 1 make a run for a Big Ten title, or will the boys from Columbus go back to Indianapolis for that Big Ten championship game? I appreciate you asking me about Penn State, but no way in hell. I don't think so. I don't I just don't think it's gonna happen. Um this is really overpriced, but I mean Ohio State has basically punched their ticket to the college football playoff, according to yep. all of the preseason experts. Um were you out golfing in the, in the Nebraska hat? Did anybody have any comments to you about a Nebraska? I mean, that 20 to 1, they play this week. They're laying a ridiculous yeah. number. I mean, yeah. come on. Come on. 12 and a half. No, no Nebraska what? hat. But again, Guinness to celebrate what? Nebraska and Northwestern. Week zero, Saturday, August 27th. Only one Saturday remains, Dave Sherapan, with no college football for the rest of this year. You are the best, and more of the morning after is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
We round out our first hour together here on this first day of a new week, live on a Monday on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Monday, live on the morning after. It's starting to feel like football season from that college football perspective, just over two hours away from the release of the first preseason AP Top 25 poll, the Holy Grail, until mid-November when we get the first college football playoff rankings. And only one Saturday remaining with no college football until the middle of January 2023. We are under a month away from the NFL regular season with preseason week number one now in that rear view mirror. So the focus to end out our number one is football in the hardest division in the National Football League, the AFC West. Who wins it? That's what we asked you in Fade the Public. So who do you have winning the AFC West this season? The four options, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Denver Broncos, or the Las Vegas Raiders. And this was my face when I went to look at the updated results of this poll. Because you really love the L.A. Chargers. And by you, I mean the public out there. 46%? of you think the Chargers are going to win the AFC West? I can understand some love for L.A. or Denver. The flashy acquisitions this offseason. Justin Herbert in his third year and all the optimism behind Herbert and the Bolts. But 46%? The the Chiefs have won this division six straight seasons. I don't get that. I understand some public love, but wow. The Chiefs, getting spurned by the public here. Not me. KC wins it for a seventh straight year. That does it for hour number one. Hour two starts with a look around the WNBA with the playoff picture now set. We'll do that in just a couple minutes following a Sports Grid News update from Alex Fasano. 